There's a Svelte plugin for React Native. Welcome to the React Native Nerds Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, nerds. Welcome to episode number 27, Understanding the JavaScript Runtime in React Native. We're going to get really technical in on this one. And joining me to be all techie is Spencer Carley. How are you, man? I'm I'm nervous about this episode. This is going. I am a a user of these technologies, but I do not understand things. So uh, a little nervous about this episode, but I'm excited to try and learn about this topic some more. Cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? How's it going over there? I'm doing well. Calling in from uh, Pennsylvania, and headed. Actually, I'm headed up to New York. Uh, oh, okay. Tomorrow at eleven to visit my parents, which could be the last time for a while, mm-hmm. depending on how this COVID stuff shakes out. If everybody goes on lockdown, it could be a while before I get to see them again. So, I figured I'm mostly here. I might as well just go four more hours north and, you know, visit them for the weekend. That just means it's going to be a marathon drive back. So right. I'm trying to figure out how to break that up a little bit. I still have crap in my buddy's garage, so I think I might. <laughs> Come down on Sunday and pack that up and then do the long drive on Monday. Stay okay. over there for the night. So, yeah, just, you know, living the dream, driving up and down the coast. Yeah, you, you've gotten those miles in this year. I have, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to this week? Man, I've been... So, I'm not a gamer. I haven't been for years and years. Even before that, I never was. But I want an Xbox, one of the new Xboxes, and I just can't find one. I've been searching far and wide, checking every hour on the hour for new stock. And I <laughs> fought tooth and nail with thousands of other people on Walmart's website earlier today, and I still can't get the damn thing. <laughs> and I just want an Xbox to burn some time on while I'm at home. So that, that's that been basically taking up all my all my free time outside of just kind of, you know, programming stuff. Uh, what you need to do is figure out when the shipments come to the store. Yeah. And, you know, just sort of hang out at the dock <laughs> and just see if one could fall off the truck for $50. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've got to figure yeah. something out. It's driving me insane. I don't even like video games. Why do I care so much? Why do I want this? You're doing you're doing this for Flight Simulator, though, right? Yeah, exactly. It was that, between that was the real reason? get the Flight Simulator... Uh, on xbox whenever that'll come out or build a pc but building a pc is going to be significantly more expensive so and we can do we can play video games with my girlfriend on the couch from time to time is she a gamer nope not at all neither of us are oh perfect perfect (laughs) (laughs) so we're like looking for the i I don't even know rocket league is that a video game i yeah that's a thing yeah so stuff like that i don't know how's your week been though with all your time. Oh, it's been good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm up here for work, so I've been doing a whole lot of work. And remember when I was talking about mechanical keyboard stuff? Oh, yeah. And how some people really nerd out over all of this. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend up here who is a total nerd about it. <laughs> well, he sort of pulled me down that rabbit hole because um, I bought a bunch of switches. So on your keyboard, they're the, well, they're the switch underneath the actual key that triggers your touch. And there's all types of keys, all types of switches, different strengths. There's clicky, there's tactile, so you can feel it, but you don't hear it. There's linear where there's there's nothing at all. It just 
slides up and down. And so he had bought these kind of cheap ones. And anybody in this industry, their gator on yellows. And that means something, believe it or not. But anyway, he bought these and they're fairly inexpensive. But then he pulls them all apart and he lubes them up with this special grease. And occasionally he'll swap out the springs for something a little better. But then there's these things called films and they're these tiny little gaskets square gasket things that then go in between the top and the bottom of the switch when you reassemble it so we had this switch modding party you know, i say party it was just the two of us and some beer and we sat there for about three hours and pulled i pulled apart a hundred i had a hundred switches and pulled those all apart so there's pieces and bowls and stuff all over the table he had already pre-disassembled all of his so he's instructing me on how to do all this so you know you you put this lubricant on the base in certain spots and then you put these gasket things on but all the gaskets are all on one giant sheet they're laser cut so you got to pull them out and then carefully lay them down on the switch then you lubricate the stem and then you reassemble it all oh my gosh oh oh yeah and you have to lubricate the springs as well and you do that by putting <laughs> some oil in a baggie with all the springs and you shake them up and if you've ever had a freaking slinky in your life, you know what happens when springs sort of wrap around on themselves. <laughs> you get these these springs that are just combined in they I don't know what they do. They defy <laughs> physics and everything and you can't get these things. Oh my gosh, you couldn't get them apart. They're stuck together. So it was fun time. Yeah. You know, add in add in a good handful of beers and it was fun. <laughs> Until you so now I have a hundred switches that are just like butter smooth. Nice. Oh my goodness! Are you compared a to what they were? Yeah. Cherry MX brown, blue, red, or um, well, I'm a yellow. Yeah. Yellow. So okay. the the cherries um, are clicky. I'm, you know these switches, huh? I had a friend in uh, I mean, school. You're talking who like is... a nerd too. I had a friend in school who was into these. I don't understand it. I just know there's colors, and if I got oh, yeah. the right colors yeah. just now. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. Hell yeah! I mean, man. there's there's a handful of other ones too, but yeah, yeah. Oh, so man. these were yellows, and okay. so they're linear. There's no clicking at all. They just sort of bottom out. Mm. So yeah, that's nice. Ooh, I heard ice. What you drinking? I am drinking uh, Jim Bean tonight. Perfect. Straight. Yeah. Well, with an ice. Yeah. With one rock. Exactly. One giant yeah. ice. Is cube. it a? Is it a square or a sphere? A sphere. Well, it was. Nice. It's melted very oh. quickly. Okay. Yeah. You got anything yeah, on the cool. on the, the um, menu tonight? I'm drinking a Stella Artois. Very nice. Belgium. And you have to say it like that. Exactly. Or else it's like Stella Artois. <laughs> and then I got, it doesn't taste as good. Man, I got into a big argument with someone. Not like a real argument, but um, they kept calling Euros Gyros. And I don't know why. Because I pronounce so many words wrong. But when someone says gyros, it just it, it throws me for a loop. <laughs> we got into like a 10-minute discussion about this. And we, ne we, we never ended up getting the euros. lamb sandwich? Say again? You got in an argument over the pronunciation of a lamb sandwich. Exactly, yeah. And nice. we ended up getting barbecue instead. So 
I was, I was just gonna ask <laughs> if you were eating them, eating them at the time, or if you just ended up with a burger. Yeah, That's no, we were burger. coming back from a, a fire call, and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to get for lunch, and couldn't decide. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What do we got in the the area of mobile news or just technology? We have news some in really good Apple news this week. Um, a friend sent me a link, and Apple is uh, they have the App Store small business program now. They're taking a slice out of the commission that you have to pay. You know, we were all complaining that it was 30%, which is, um, you know, pretty much like a bookie's percentage when they lend you money. <laughs> and so they're offering 15% commission if you sell less than a million dollars, which is I'm going to go out on a limb and say, everybody listening to this podcast, if you have an app in the app store, then you qualify for this. <laughs> so if you have in-app purchases, then you only need to pay the mob 15% instead of 30, which is huge for oh, us yeah. little guys. And you know, if you're Epic, you're probably making over a million dollars. So this doesn't really affect Epic at all and those, you know, the big guys. But for us, this is fantastic. So that's pretty cool. And what's really cool is it's variable. So if you happened to make a million dollars in January and then, um, you know, you slide to 990,000, then you only have to pay 15% until you get back up to that million dollar mark. Okay. It's pretty wild. So this is a, it's a million dollars per month? Oh, no, annual. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah, I and say it's, that like it's it, going to make a difference for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, crap. Is it? It's only a million dollars a month? Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, maybe someday. Yeah, but I thought that was kind of cool. You know, it, probably in lieu of all these lawsuits and stuff, somebody was probably thinking, hey, we should do this for the little guy. Yeah, exactly. So, so good on you, Apple. Good for you. In iPhone ingenuity and amazing vision for the future and celebrating their inventiveness. I don't know why I'm pausing. (laughs) Longing for the days of the old flip phone, Foxconn is investigating folding iPhones. They invented folding iPhones. Exactly. Folding. Only a few months after Android did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So uh, there are some rumors out that there are bearings being purchased for the iPhone, which only means that it's going to fold or have some sort of swivel, along with special LCD or LCD, LED <laughs> displays. Yeah, LCD doesn't crack. So all those special parts and whatever, and so now rumors are abounding to the point where they're potentially shipping starting September 2022. Hmm. Which is pretty amazing if they're just experimenting with it now. I would have yeah. thought things, you know, would take a little longer than two years of R and D before they come out to the market. Right. So, you know, keep a lookout for a folding iPhone. I don't know. I this might just be me, you know, being a stubborn person, but I, I don't understand the folding touchscreen phones. Like what what's the benefit we're getting from it? And I guess this is coming from, you know, someone who wears male pants that have large pockets, but 
I don't have an issue with the size of phones. I'm excited about the new smaller iPhone mini or whatever they're calling it. But Do you know how big that is? Somebody asked me that. No, I don't. It, it looks not I significantly it I could smaller. It. I know. I could Google it. Yeah. It, it doesn't look significantly smaller, but the, the difference between like an iPhone and an iPhone Max or the larger one isn't significant, I don't know, in numbers or visually, but I, I've heard it feels bigger. So I think it's that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about the flip thing either. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm more about the transparent thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would be all over that as opposed to a flip for sure. It'd be, it's interesting. Technology, man. Yeah. It's not going away. So you ready to go into figuring out what's going on in the JavaScript runtime in React Native? I am. All right. Yes. So I need to practice. There's JavaScript this. in React Native? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Now I need to preface this episode saying that I've used React Native for like five years at this point. And I've been messaging John over the last week as we're doing research for the show. And I was saying before we were talking that I don't know any of this stuff. So if you've ever been hesitant about React Native because of, you know, the complexities of how it works, just know I've used this for five years. I've worked on the official Olympics app. I've worked on numerous fully React Native apps. I don't know how this works. I'm going to be, I, I've learned this this week as we're preparing for this episode. So if I misspeak, uh, my apologies. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm trying to figure it out right here as well. Cool. cool. <laughs> but, you know, like we were talking about before the show, this just shows how versatile and how usable React Native is because you don't have to understand this stuff. Right. Yeah. Obviously, like... you need to know what JavaScript code to write, but it doesn't matter to you when you're writing it how it actually happens. You know, you get in a car, and as long as it starts when you turn the key, you don't have to understand how the engine works mm -hmm. or how big the engine is. You just need to know how to drive it and where to put the gas. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, you can like something. You can like a car, but not necessarily know how it works. And, like, that's how I am with React Native. I don't really super understand how it works. I just take advantage of it and uh, use it. And it's got a great developer experience, so it's... It's intuitive and it's got good documentation to actually use it. So with that said, going into it, we'll start off like what is a JavaScript runtime? A JavaScript runtime. So the first question I had as we were starting to research this based off a, a blog post um, in the actual React Native documentation. So the JavaScript runtime is where your JavaScript code, the stuff that you're writing in VS Code or Atom, whatever your editor is, it's going to take that code and actually execute that in the JavaScript runtime. Now, this JavaScript code you're writing is going to be bundled in production into the JavaScript bundle. You may see, like, I think it's main.js bundle. That's your JavaScript code that you've written that's going to be interacting with the native React Native APIs. And then it's going to take that JavaScript bundle, and on the JS thread, or the JavaScript thread, it's going to go ahead and execute that in the JavaScript runtime. John, have I said that right so far? Yes. All right. Well, mostly yes. Yes. What did I get wrong? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll touch it. The, um, the, the actual code inside the bundle has already been transpiled. Okay. With Babel. But we'll get deep into Babel in a little bit. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, so. But for all intents and purposes, you're 100% right. Cool. <laughs> awesome. So thinking about that, the JavaScript runtime, understanding how it works, we can have presently in React Native, and then this is going to be changing in the future. It's already kind of in progress. But we can have basically two JavaScript runtimes, and you may have heard these words before. We've got JavaScript core, and then we've got the V8 JavaScript runtime. Now, JavaScript core is what's going to basically be bundled with Safari. And JavaScript core is just a way of executing that JavaScript. It's an implementation of taking JavaScript and getting it down to the level or starting to get it down to the level where the actual device it's running on knows what to do with it. And JavaScript core is what, like I said, Safari's running on. Um, we've also bundled that with Android and shipped it on Android for JavaScript core. And whenever you're running it on a device, it's running in JavaScript core as of, what is today's date? November 19th, 2020. That's going to right. change. We'll touch on this a little bit later. But the other side presently, where you could be running JavaScript or the, the JavaScript run in time you may be interacting with is V8 in development. And that's when you've got debugging enabled on your simulator or your device so that you can actually see something using your Chrome debugging tools. Basically, it's taking your JavaScript bundle and it's running that in the Chrome browser. Now, rather than the actual device, which is using JavaScript core, the Chrome browser is using V8, which is Google's JavaScript runtime that Google Chrome is built off of. And basically, because these are, you know, they're both implementing JavaScript, the same language, but there are going to be little details or little differences. You can actually see two different experiences between what's working on JavaScript core, and not working on JavaScript core versus what is or isn't working on V8. A hundred percent, because I have had a situation where I had Chrome debugging enabled and the app would constantly crash, which is ironic because I was trying to debug after this happened to see why it was crashing. And when I would turn debugging off, the app ran fine. <laughs> Oh, that's which so infuriating. I know. And then, which then means console log hell, right? Because now I'm logging all this crap out to the console, which is in a terminal window now because I can't run Chrome debugger to try and figure out what the F is going on and why things aren't working. And, you know, and it was just some weird nuance in V8 that was causing it to crash. So I was like, all right, well, it doesn't crash without debugging on, so we're good. And I never, <laughs> I never tried to fix it. Nice. But do you know, here's something I'll just ask, and I don't know the answer to this. I just thought of this right now, or else I would have researched it before the show. Do you know if when you have um, the external debugger set up that we covered, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, Flipper? Oh, man. Flipper, yes. Is that using V8 or is that reading the output from JavaScript core yeah. from the device? So I think it depends. I think with Flipper, it's going to... Good answer. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, then you're not wrong. <laughs> right. I could be <laughs> guessing completely wrong here, but Flipper is kind of like, it's more like monitoring what's going on in the app. So right. based off if you have 
debugging enabled because you can use Flipper independent of debugging being an, or no, you can't. I don't know. So the way I was thinking was if you got debugging enabled, then Flipper would be looking at the JavaScript core implementation. Whereas if you have debugging enabled and it's running that code in the Chrome browser, then it'd be looking at the V8 implementation. It just depends on if you have debugging and if you have it attached to Chrome or not. So okay, I don't so know. Flipper is just looking at the standard output of what whichever might be hooked up. Right. Maybe. Kind of like the way you were doing it, looking at it through terminal. Right, right. But yeah, I don't know. Hey, that's that sounds good to me. Let's just say that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. And if someone has and, the right answer, and maybe I'd, we'll get I'd people to them. correct us and, <laughs> and talk to us. So if we're wrong, tweet us, man. Yeah, you can be... finally talk to us. Somebody. <laughs> maybe that's the way we need the to The show get... is being downloaded. I know you're out there listening. <laughs> uh, that's how we need to uh, get. We'll, we'll get more engagement. We'll just make flamboyant, completely incorrect claims throughout this and say, this is the way yes. it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's do it. Oh, that's man. fantastic. You don't need JavaScript to write React Native naps. No, you're using That's Dart. You're no. using Go. You're using, you know, you're just scribbling Basic. notes in your notepad. React Native knows how to transpile it and make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Speaking <laughs> of basically writing foreign keywords and variables, uh, at least foreign to me five years ago, uh, in React Native, we automatically get like ES6 and all kinds of cool stuff like import and classes and arrow functions, template literals, all this stuff where whenever you want to use that on the web, you've got to go through setting up Webpack or Parcel or some other way to transpile that pretty looking JavaScript into JavaScript that IE11 can run. The reason that we don't have to deal with that in React Native is because React Native kind of being unique in that it owns a lot more of the ecosystem versus having to deal with running on Chrome, Safari, Internet Explorer, uh, Brave, whatever these different browsers are. It owns that and it basically ships a Babel JavaScript transpiler with it that will take these imports and all these unique keywords that are unique to ES6 and beyond of, of JavaScript and basically transpiles that down into normal JavaScript. Um, and that, that's the reason we haven't had to like install that. And it just, it works out of the box. And for me, that's amazing. Cause I can't figure out how to set that stuff up. Basically, I'm just going to use whatever the defaults are uh, when I'm writing my code. Yeah. And I just want to say, I'm really happy to hear you call it Babel. Uh, on, on the official website, it says Babel, B-A-B-B or B-A-B-E-L pronounced quote, B-A-B-E-L. I'm like, what? You can't you can't explain a pronunciation by using the exact spelling of the word. That's like trying to define a word using the word. Right. But I've I've heard people call it Babel. Mm-hmm. I've heard it actually called Babel. So it, you know, it's reassuring that you call it Babel. Because for me, you're babbling, right? You're a babbling idiot. You don't I'm not calling you a babbling idiot. <laughs> You'd be um, in, you know, in the if, right at this point. If you babble, you're you're talking gibberish. So basically, Babel is a tool chain that is mainly used to convert ECMAScript 2015, which we lovingly call ES6, and it converts that into backwards compatible JavaScript. So 
it allows us to have all of those things, those classes, arrow functions you were talking about, computer properties, spread operators, parameters. And there is a link in the show notes. So if, if you never look at the show notes, you got to look here because this is a perfect example of what this does for you. There is um, the parameters, the Babel plugin transform parameters in the docs shows you exactly what this transpiles to. And now when we say, oh, when we say transpiles, it's basically doing a translation. So you can you can take the special, the ES6 code that we're writing, and what actually gets tossed into the bundle is, think of it as vanilla JavaScript, super robust vanilla JavaScript. So in this transform parameters, I'm looking, and it's a function call, and it's three lines, including the, cur the closing curly brace in the function, okay? And that is what goes in, and what comes out is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> I don't know, about 17, 18 lines of code, and it is the most robust JavaScript code you've ever seen, <laughs> and it's using uh, ternaries. Is that who said that? I think so, yeah. Turn That's the way I say it. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and just special, albeit generic, special syntax of the JavaScript. And it's just amazing. So without Babel, you would have to write this giant JavaScript function. So it's it just does a whole lot for you. So mm -hmm. just take a look at the show, that link in the show notes, if you don't believe me. <laughs> And it's basically just an on-demand translator, right? So you can you can write the ES6 code, you can write the ES7, the ES8, the ES20 code down in the future, and Babel is going to handle all that for you. And you don't have to worry about it. And it comes default shipped, like Spencer said. It It's shipped with um, a package Metro React Native Babel preset. And if you ever had the need to add more functionality to it, for whatever reason, I'm not exactly sure why you would do this, but it's totally doable. Interestingly, you have to add that package to your project, and then you create a babel.config.js file, and you add a line, you know, a preset line, and then you can add in other, I guess they call them plugins and other presets. So you can pretty much translate your code from anything to JavaScript, as long as you know there's a plugin for it. So you might be able to write it in Dart, Spencer, Oof. or yeah. Svelte. That would be pretty wild, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? There's a Svelte plugin for React Native. That'd be. I, I don't know that there is. I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's a fact. Or crazy. I could say it is a fact, and then people would tweet me and correct me. Exactly. And get some user engagement. <laughs> so let me say, yeah, there's a Svelte plugin for Babel. Oh, yeah. You just got to yeah. find it. And it's way faster than, than ECMAScript. <laughs> uh, We're going to start a war. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, um, I think I've actually, and I might, I might be wrong, I might be thinking of like a Metro config that I've worked on before. But I, I've either tried to customize a Babel or a Metro config to... Basically, I was trying to like create an example app for a third, like an NPM React Native package I wanted to create. 
and I either customized Babel or Metro so that it pointed to basically my local development files and then went ahead and processed those so that I could use those local files that were the actual package inside of my example app versus grabbing off of NPM. I don't know if that's right, but that's what I was trying to do. And yeah, so that that might be one of those reasons you want to dive into Babel or you, I don't know, there's more advanced features or things that the, the React Native Babel preset doesn't implement. And that's why you'd want to go ahead and add customizations. For example, I guess it's similar to like an ESLint config file. Like if you use ESLint config handlebar labs, which is my personal ESLint config, but you don't like one of the rules I have, then you can go ahead and basically inherit all of my rules and then go ahead and override or add more rules based off of your style preferences. And I guess you could do the same with the Babel config as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So this is a, a question I had on a consulting call recently, um, but basically like how does, basically how does React Native work? But it was an, a question around like, how do we know like what features work in uh, React Native? Because basically, you know, we are running this in a different JavaScript runtime versus what may be running on the web. How do we know like what APIs are available or how things work? And basically, and this has been true for React Native as long as I've used it, which is a long time, but React Native ships a bunch of polyfills for a lot of common APIs like console.log or console.table or fetch, XML, HTTP request, set timeout, set interval, all those things. Basically, they've polyfilled those, which means they've created an implementation for it so you can use that API in the same way that the actual spec defines it. So like if you look at MDN and you read the, the documentation on how to use set timeout, it's going to work the same way in React Native. And basically those polyfills are what enables that to do that. So if you want to copy something that's implemented using fetch for the web, you can be relatively confident that you can just copy and paste that into your React Native app and it'll go ahead and work uh, in, in this JavaScript runtime. Yeah, just it's just a little piece of code that allows the browser the uh, well, if you're doing React, the browser to do a fallback, and like you said, make sure that those APIs all work as expected. You know, mm -hmm. because we expect things to work in all the browsers and all the devices, and the polyfills let us do that. Right. Yeah, and they yeah. we have that expectation, and that expectation comes through. Yeah, and you'll you'll also see polyfills on the web as well for I don't know something like the fetch API that maybe an older version of Internet Explorer doesn't have whatever it may be, you'll see people shipping polyfills with their web apps as well to ensure that API exists backwards compatible, and React Native basically does the same thing. We just don't necessarily have to worry about backwards compatibility because we know what that JavaScript runtime is that it's actually running on. Right. Yep. So we've talked about JavaScript core, V8, um, all this JavaScript runtime stuff. And if you listen to last week's episode or two weeks ago, um, maybe longer than that, we talked about Hermes and how does Hermes fit into this JavaScript runtime environment we've been talking about. And basically, this is where we're getting to me stretching my knowledge, but Hermes is going to be an open source alternative or is an open source alternative for JavaScript core or V8 that's specifically optimized for React Native apps. And Yay. It, <laughs> yeah, so 
basically like the benefit here is like we're running one JavaScript runtime. We're running Hermes versus JavaScript core or V8, depending on what environment you're working on. That makes debugging easier um, on Android. It ensures we're using the latest JavaScript engine or JavaScript runtime we possibly can because for a while Android had a, an old version of JavaScript core. Yeah. And I mean, and JavaScript core and V8 are built for the web. That's true. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're JavaScript engines and React Native is an implementation of JavaScript for mobile application development. But I mean, when it comes down to it, they're really built for the web. Mm-hmm. So Hermes is great. It's really cool because it works very, very, very well with React Native. And it'll be great because it's coming to iOS. It's been on Android for a while. Yeah. So so, so now we'll just, it'd be across the board. Everything will behave properly. Yeah. Currently, um, for quite a few months now, Hermes has been available on Android. It's an opt-in feature right now. So you can continue to use the bundled version of JavaScript core, or you can go ahead and opt into using Hermes. Uh, recently, as in when we're recording this, iOS recently had a Hermes implementation merged into core. I don't know the ETA of when that'll actually be shipped in a release, but we can realistically expect it coming in a a relatively near future being in master now. Um, A question I had, because I don't believe I've implemented Hermes for Android. I don't really need to at this point, but how does that affect the Chrome debugging tools, which I use very heavily as I'm trying to figure out what my code I wrote is actually doing. And basically the way Hermes works, you need to uh, turn a few dials, plug in a few different things, but then you can basically use Hermes to, it it outputs something that the Chrome development tools understands, and you can still use those same tools and debugging workflow that you maybe become accustomed to for actually debugging your application. But you know that it's still running Hermes in the debug mode as well as in the production mode. So you've got that level of uh, confidence and understanding what your code is doing. So you know what you're talking about? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe people will be mad. Maybe I said it all wrong. And I just I just roped you into my my uh my bubble. Well, I'm there. You got me. <laughs> I'm roped. <laughs> no, I mean that all is, that all sounds right to me. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's been very interesting. Like I want to say again, as we've said before, I've used React Native for five years. Until this week, I didn't really know any of this stuff. I'd heard of Hermes. I'd heard of V8. I've heard of JavaScript core. I didn't really understand how it all worked into or played into the larger picture. But if you're interested in that, like it's it's interesting to read this stuff. And there's um, there's an article on the actual React Native docs. It's called JavaScript Environment. We'll have a link to it in the show notes that just kind of gives an overview of exactly what we've talked about here. Um, but what was really art- really interesting was an article on Medium. Again, we'll have this link below, uh, outlining the React Native rearchitecture, which is kind of a, a much bigger topic. But in that, the author talks about basically how React Native works now, how it's going to work. And going one level deeper on this onion, uh, that article itself was based off of a talk given by Lorenzo, who, if you've worked in React Native, I'm sure you're familiar with his name. Uh, Lorenzo is one of the, the maintainers of React Native, and he gave a talk uh, actually about a year ago now 
really outlining basically React Native in the, I think he titled it the future, the present, and the past, or the future, past, and present. That's what it was. Basically talking about how React Native will work in the future, how it works now, and then how it has worked in the past. And he goes really deep into basically all the different things, like not only the JavaScript environment, but how that interacts with the the uh, yoga layout engine and then how it works with native modules and how all these things talk together and work together. And it was, it was really interesting. Like it was a lot of it was over my head, but he did a wonderful job presenting that and explaining that if you want to go deeper into figuring out how how this all works. And again, you don't need to know all of this just to develop, you know, mobile apps or whatever, because it just works. Mm hmm. You know, you definitely want to get involved in this if you want to contribute, if you want to build, you know, packages and whatnot, you know, a lot of this will help you. But for the most part, maybe you're not interested in this stuff. Yeah. Maybe you didn't even make it this far in the podcast. <laughs> maybe you shut us off and you're listening to, I don't know, stuff you should know. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> maybe this is stuff you should know. Maybe. JavaScript Depends. stuff you should know. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I don't know. The biggest benefit I've seen with this is just like understanding comments on GitHub or trying to figure out like why things might not work. Like understanding, okay, we've got the JavaScript runtime or the environment. We've got the React Native bridge. We've got native modules. You don't have to go deep into those, but basically having that vocabulary uh, is very beneficial in figuring out what or why things aren't working or where you need to start looking, what what rabbit hole to go down to start figuring out an issue or how to implement some unique feature that uh, maybe no one else has before. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you just read over these articles and then you'll be able to understand that that terminology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll help a lot. And like, they're, they're all really well written. Um, they're quite brief. Lorenzo's talk, I think, is like 30 minutes. It's it's all really good stuff to just get a high level understanding of how how all the pieces of the puzzle work together. Cool, man. Yeah. So uh, my brain is tired. This was a lot of <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out what is going on. So I am uh, absolutely spent after this episode. You're gonna go trolling for an Xbox now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm gonna go check uh, online see if anyone's got a little little extra Xbox in stock or something. Yeah, and they probably go so fast you can't even set up like an IFTTT or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you people have bots you. going where they buy them instantly and then they mark them up like 200% on eBay. So Oof. I, I don't care that much. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck. Thank you. For one. Maybe by the next episode, uh, I'll have one. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, maybe you'll have an Xbox before we have a president. Maybe. We'll see. I had to get a dig in. I, I, <laughs> I didn't last episode because I didn't want to offend Peter, but <laughs> I'm just kidding, everybody. I'm just kidding. It's all fun if you're not in the U.S. <laughs> if you're not fun. in the U.S., uh, you're lucky. It's been tiring. It is very tiring. <laughs> I just wanted to be over. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. We'll see. Yes, we will. All right. Well, good luck. Thank you. Enjoy your <laughs> travels the remainder of the week. Drive yeah, safely. Thanks, I will. And uh, yep. thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode. If you made it this far, 
I congratulate you because I can pretty much guarantee I would not have. But I do thank you for uh, joining us on this episode. <laughs> yeah. So if you disagree with anything we said, or if you agree with anything we said, tweet us at rnnerds. Shoot us an email, thenerds at reactnativenerds.com, or check out the website, reactnativenerds.com, find an episode, and leave a comment. And we'll love you back. <laughs> I say that, but nobody ever loves us. Nope. <laughs> oh, I well. have so much love to give. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is stupid. All right, well, we'll talk to you guys later. See ya. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.